This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much, Orca Submariner, and our moonshot rocketeer, Cedric Esped Sump AO, torching the blindside blue paper once again. It's the sound, that's the sound of the Sumpster, camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Australia! Down the tools, pull them up, and welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side. H.G. Nelson opening the dig for another 7-7, and what a week. What an incredible week. Look, it's just too vast, really, to spend two hours working on it. We really need to be spending two days on working on the last set of seven. It's just been an incredible week. Crackerjack full of great content, especially from the Australian cricketers. More of that in a moment. And a week went too much, but it's barely enough. Now, housekeeping to open the scoring. There are three more bludgers, including, well, two including, no, three including this one, uh, to come in 2024, well, before 2024. Maybe, in fact, more than three in 2024. We hope so. We pull up stumps with the cocks on the last Saturday of October. Stay with us, blindsiders, and help stop the madness. That's our advice at the top of the show. Stay with us and help us stop the madness. Now, welcome to Everest Day and what a line-up for the richest horse race in the world. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. I'm having a shock and run of outs trackside. So any selection I offer on the card today, which is a magnificent card, Peter Volandis has pulled out all stops and got a fantastic card. Beautiful weather in Sydney for those elsewhere. Any selections that I may suggest you need to be taken with a big lump of salt. Now, for mine, the highlight of the 10-race card is the running for the first time of the $5 million King Charles III stakes. Uh... It's set to jump at 5.35 Eastern Time, uh, more on that in a moment, but this would allow people who may not have got down to the uh, polling station to cash in and get out to vote uh, should they have their, well, their world taken up fully with events at Randwick. A record crowd is set to be on course for the Everest card. Kentucky Derby-style accommodation, I think, in the end, will allow up to 100,000 on track using the inner area of the course to accommodate punters. Now, surely... Surely we can do better than that, Australia. You know, our scaffolders are the best in the world and we could surely put up a temporary grandstand so as Aussie families, hard-working Aussie families who want to have fun and sink their hard-earned lolly into a same-day molly and come away winners can get on course and have a look. Now, I'm not suggesting you're going to be able to smell the horse from a temporary grandstand. You're just not. You're not even going to be sure there are any horses on course with 100,000 people there, and smelling the horse, we know, we know, science has proved that smelling the horse is the only certain way to tip a winner. But with this temporary grandstand, at least we'll be able to accommodate, you know, let's say most of the racegoers who want to get on course on the day in future. Incidentally, this program was the first to tip that the Kentucky Derby would eventually be run at Randwick, and with the feathers at the helm, this dream looks as though it'll happen. Obviously, once we secure the 
derby style arrangement with the crowd, the race will follow. There is disappointment on the day at Randwick, and I'm not talking about Ray Hadley's name not being listed as part of the ownership group of Hawaii 5-0 or the lack of Group 1 status for the Big Easy. The disappointment is that the King, that's the third, will not be trackside to cash the cheque written by his mother all those years ago. I, I think the Queen is the only monarch to have visited every race course in Australia in, uh, well, in her life. It's a hell of an achievement when you think of Benalla, Bow Desert, Kilcoy, Kangaroo Island, there's so many tracks, and she got around to them all. But the new idea of combining racing romance with royalty has blossomed in, uh, well, the, in, 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 well, should I say, a new idea of racing royalty and romance has blossomed in the sadness of today's royal no-show. Reach, whispers reaching me suggest the king, as in the great Australian stayer Rooting King, could be persuaded to be trackside if King Charles III was to make the trip in 2024. I mean, that is an absolute front page, hold the press, get on your social media, you know, put out the TikToks, a uh, bit of news. The third uh, was to make the trip in uh, 2023, as we've just established, but connections speaking to the bludge have suggested the Royal Charlie could throw a leg over rooting King and make an appearance down the straight in an exhibition gallop before flagging the field away in the race named in his honour. I mean, talk about dreams. Wouldn't that be great, seeing the Charles III on Rooting King coming down, taking, making his way round to the barrier and letting the field go in the King Charles III stakes. Peter Volandis endorsed this dream. Uh, sure, the trousers were round the ankles when I put it to him and uh, tears of joy filled his eyes midweek. That's what it means to him to get the two kings, as I've called it, on the course at the same time. What a symbol! For the modern world in these troubled times, seeing two kings on the stroll down the Ramwick Strait, a monarch and a fierce Republican putting aside their differences and joining together in harmony of the gallop to get the job done. I mean, it's a fantastic image. It's an image that kids will dream about between now and when we affect it, and then they'll have that memory forever. The connections of Rooting King, who spoke to me on condition of anonymity, suggested the great star would be prepared to put in an appearance, uh, uh, allowing the 2024 to be billed as the year of the King on the King. Uh, it's a waft at the moment, but it certainly could become reality. But the very big news in racing this week, I mean, that's big news. Doesn't get much bigger than the Double King Act. But in big news in racing this week was the first episode of that television rating smash, That's Racing with Haim. I know, that's shocked you, haven't you? Missed it, haven't you? But it went to air on free-to-air television. What a show! Haim in a form, guiding 30 minutes of fun and winners everywhere. They tipped... Two at Kite and Midweek, It's My Party strolled into the second slot. I mean, they're on fire in their tipping. They got a second up in their first show. Uh, but the more than that, I mean, it's not just a show about making millionaires, but it is. But there's more than that. It's the What Happens Next segment, the Alphabet Game, the My Guy, Your Guy segments are just incredible. Special guest in the first show, a race-mad running rail chef, Curtis Stone. Next week, Hayne will be talking to last year's Sale Cup winner, Uncle Bryn. Now, getting uh, the uncle's thoughts on the Caulfield Cup, the Cox and the Derby, Hayne will open him up with Uncle Bryn. Welcome to the show. Great to have you on that racing with Hayne. Gee, you're looking good. Now, the Sale Cup of 2022, take us through it, and just let's Uncle Bryn get on with it. I mean, Hayne hadn't got a memory about the Sale Cup at all, but Uncle Bryn has. Uh, Fight Night on the Reef was a triumph. If we're looking for something to entertain in Vegas between league bouts or Vegas after hours, why not cherry pick the best of the battle? The Hannett v. Pulp, uh, Paolo Pulpathon selects itself. No one knows why this rumpus wasn't stopped when the towel was thrown in. 
But after that, it got really interesting with uh, Junior reduced Ben's head to a lump of mince and it became even more interesting, as in why did they ever stop it? Now, Tavita Pankai Jr. took uh, and Frank Amato put on an old-fashioned reek. T took the points. That great boxing authority, SBW, believes Tavita can go all the way. I'm not sure where he gets off the bus ride, but he's going to go all the way to the terminus. Vegas is already licking the lips in anticipation that they can see a rematch of these two. The only sour note was the Paolo Aokuzo. Well, he turned up for his stink with Omar Diaz, more than two kilos overweight. It was something new, something fresh in the fight game. Sadly, officials uh, wouldn't cop it and they find the tubby won 7,500 and sent him home without his belt. I mean, what else can you do? I mean, you know, he promised he'd come. He promised he'd be in the side the weight, but there he was. Larded up and proud of it. Now, elsewhere, NRL players who are not in the fight game are now taking up the hammer as real estate agents. It's incredible. I mean, they're... Rugby league players, they can do anything. It's a growth area for players looking for post-football career and they're getting results and closing deals right across the nation. And what a weekend on the mountain. SVG wins his last drive at the Mount Panorama. He goes back-to-back, the first driver in 15 years to do the double. He was, you know, he now joins the super-quick NASCAR wheeze where they go around in circles forever. And tennis and the incredible news that uh, Special K, Nick Kyrgios, that's one of the Special Ks, Nick Kyrgios, along with Rafa will be in Melbourne for the New Year's hit-up. Uh, Rafael Nadal is a real draw. I love everything about the bloke. Uh, those crack-finding shorts that he has exclusively made to find the gap, plug in and wedge is special. To see the Spanish powerhouse going through his routine before serving, flicking the ears, bouncing the ball, reaching around with the right hand to reef the shorts out of the bum crack time and time again before sending down a rocketing ace is one of the great images of the Australian summer. The great images of the tennis world. Athletics and what a run in the US by the man with phenomenal leg speed, Kelvin Kiptum. He came home in the Chicago Marathon in two hours and 35 seconds, a world record knocking 34 seconds from the old. Uh, I do raise a question and I just, people who follow marathon will know what I'm talking about, special shoes, question mark. Uh, still overseas and rugby union and the old gold fruit and that have blown Bill away in France by doing nothing. The big, double needed, the big W needed European powerhouse Portugal to take apart Fiji, which they did, tick that box. Sadly, it was a dud score. Heartbreak for the old gold rum and raisin revolution. It had Eddie's luck, dud luck, written all over it. The tune, first timers, as in Portugal, 24, Fiji, 23. Not enough syrup to get our team into the quarters. And now the hat is off to Japan, or that's the whispers of reaching me. And I got to the end of my opening spray without mentioning Australian cricket, or I did once, but not by much. Uh, a sport that seems totally infected and come down with the wallaby rugby virus. And now to get the blindside barge away from the wharf uh, for another week, it's time to ask the man who is the voice of hope to step up for a spray. This week, the voice who incorporates the ethical obligation is again focused on the cost of living crisis. Incidentally, bludge operatives in the shelf stacking space working undercover have dragged, tracked down and wait for this. Caramel wallabies priced to clear. A pack of 12 for $5 or three packs of 12 for $12. Now, in the latter one, that is a mere $2.78 per 100 grams of World Cup Jonesian losing value. Can't do better than that. 
That is an incredible result. The Roy of Hope belongs to the activated one, Rem Bajan who's the best in the business, always gets the job done, no doubt about it. He's super excited to be here. Roy, happy rugby league. Can we get the bludging bunny in motion once again by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully sick, Simon Oot! Yes, thank you very, very much, uh, H.G. Nelson, and uh, happy rugby league, of course, to you and, uh, of course, to your uh, uh, your, your um, uh, family, and, uh, and happy rugby league to... Uh, Tall, decent Aussies who are asking themselves this week, what more can I do for rugby league? Um, and the answer is quite simple, really. Um, become a rugby league emissary. Uh, look, if you just visit the uh, rugby league website and follow the prompts, uh, you can have a, a small badge set out to you with uh, RLE on it and you can wear in your lapel and it... Uh, it's a bit of a uh, conversation starter. People are going to ask RLE, what's that? And you say, well, I'm a rugby league emissary. And then the question questions follow. Oh, really? Oh, oh, okay, rugby league. What's that about? And then you explain. Uh, and so it, uh, it, it's a real conversation starter. Uh, I bumped into a couple of emissaries on the bus this week that were engaged with uh, just general people, members of the populace, who... Uh, Got off the bus uh, fully enlightened. It was good to see. Uh, now, the Diamonds overwhelm the Black Ferns. I think they're the Black Ferns uh, in the first uh, international. And this is despite a pay dispute that uh, should have been... Uh, well, should have been solved ages ago. Uh, the uh, Aussies, uh, that is the Diamonds, they're playing for nothing. And often uh, they're relying on uh, parental help and uh, friends to help, uh, you know, kick the can, put a few coins in. It's a terrible situation, really. And these uh, these Aussies, these Aussies are heroes. You know, it's not as if they're rugby league emissaries swanning about. They're not. They're just diamonds. Aussie diamonds. Who are putting in for nothing. Doing it for you. Not for themselves. They're doing it for you. Now, the ODI World Cup, yes, HG's referred to it. Well, the Australians have become a bloody shambles. Uh, Taken apart, losing to India and then South Africa. The big show appears to be now our number one strike bowler. I mean, that's, that's, that's the situation the team finds itself in, having to turn to big show. Well, you can only, you know, go to that well so often. And Mitchell Marsh, well, he's gone missing, hasn't he? Totally gone missing. He's let down, well, you could say he's let down the Australian team or let down Australia, but more importantly, he's let down the Marsh legacy and the Marsh family. Remember the scenes, Barley? Everyone sitting around laughing, you know, Swamp and Co., uh, having a jolly old time uh, with uh, with Mitchell scoring a, that wonderful century in the second test. You know, you can forget that. That was wonderful. Well, that's all gone to dust, hasn't it? I don't know who's got into Mitchell Marsh's ear, but it's not a good sign. Whoever's in coat might be McDonald, the, 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 the coach of the Australians. Well, he's got to have a hard look at himself. It's not good enough. And I've uh, passed those thoughts on to Mitchell Marsh in the hope that uh, it might turn around his form. I think it's Sri Lanka we play next in what's described as a must-win. Oh, yes, must-win. Now, cricket has been accepted as an Olympic sport. All right. I think it's going to open up in L.A. in 2028. Uh, that appears to be the plan. Uh, now, as many people have pointed out on the bus to me, not many play, not many nations play cricket. 
internationally. Well, that's true too. Uh, but you've got to look at what the Olympics is all about and what the Olympics have in mind. The Olympics have trouble uh, engaging India and Pakistan. Mm. And so to get India and Pakistan more engaged, they've decided to take their national sport, which is cricket, and put it into the Olympic context. That's what they're doing. So we're just going to have to go with it. And uh, I would suggest at this stage I'd put some money on the women to come back with a medal. I wouldn't be putting too much on the blokes at the moment. Uh, But that can turn around. I can. If uh, Mitchell Marsh... Starts to respect his family again. Or if the big show starts... Or if the big show is taking a little bit of pressure off him. Can't expect the big show to do everything. Jason Day is not to appear again at the Australian Open. I don't know what's going on here, but there is a story. It's a story we're not uh, being told. Now, who's slighted whom? Obviously, Jason Day has been slighted by someone. Uh, Should uh, Golf Australia reach out through perhaps, oh, I don't know, Adam Scott? I'd approach Adam and see if Adam can, or Adam's people, can talk with uh, Jason's people and uh, maybe get Jason, because I know a lot of people, you know, on the bus the other day, a lot of people were talking uh, Jason Day. Positively? Positively, and, you know, the the, the wanting to see him uh, on the Australian circuit. I know a lot of people have been missing Jason Day on the Australian circuit, and I'm one of them. Uh, terrific ambassador for golf, uh, wonderful player, uh, but he's boycotting Australia, and I don't know why. Uh, people have called for a Gould inquiry. Well, that'd be fine, but we'd never see the report, would we? Uh, now, uh, speaking of Aussie Adam Scott, Adam, Aussie Adam Scott is arguing that the live disruption will see many of the world's top players here for the Australian Open. Well, that's a very, very big call, very big call from Adam. And I hope Adam's right. And it's not often that Adam talks, and it's not often that Adam is wrong. Uh, That's all I would say there. Uh, So it could be a very exciting Australian... I just hope there's room for a few Aussies who are willing to turn up. Uh, So, uh, Jason Day, be warned. Cam Smith. Well, I think Cam is playing. He's already put his hand up. Now, Liv has uh, failed in its bid to have uh, ranking points given to players in the shows they put on. Uh, Cam Smith, of course, is furious. Uh, I think the PGA, the US PGA, set up a committee to find what was described as a pathway. Yes. Uh, obviously, they couldn't find one, couldn't find a pathway to ascribe you know, rankings points to Liv players. Um, so this is a real uh, shot across the bow to the whole live experience. I've heard nothing from the shark, but then again, we don't know what the shark's role is with live anymore. He was the CEO, you'll recall. I think he might have been appointed such by the uh, Saudi government. Uh, But uh, I think the Saudi government has gone a little bit cool uh, on the shark's involvement, and uh, I think the shark's just jetting around the world looking for something to do. I'd certainly love love to hear the shark, though, and see what his thoughts are at the moment. Uh, Now, uh, Aussie star, uh, that is uh, Ayla Tomjanovic, uh, has put a hand up for Fed Cup duties, which is very, very good news. She's been on the injured list, you'll recall, for some time now, and she will take her place in the Australian Open. So this is very good news for the women's draw to have someone of her calibre. Uh, and I wish her all the best as well in the Fed Cup, and I passed on thoughts of listeners to her during the week. As uh, HG's indicated, Raf is going to be there. Well, I believe that with a grain of salt. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, well, likewise, I don't know what his injuries are at the moment, but remember he had to sustain that foot injury in uh, trying to uh, uh, 
uh, tracked down someone who'd stolen his car, you might recall. And uh, Little Leighton has predicted that the demon will go very, very deep into the AO, that is the Australian Open. I tell you what, just in general, it's good hearing a lot of Aussie Open talk happening in the community. And the bus I was on the other day, I'm sure there was a lot of talk about Jason Day and rugby league emissaries, etc., etc. But dominating the talk in the bus was the Australian Open, and that pleased me. I didn't bring it up, others did. Uh, now, Aussie star... And I use that term advisedly, not only Aussie, but star. That is Jason Ackermanis. Remember him? Terrific player he was. Remember with the dark hair and the white uh, moustache? Oh, he's ter- oh, it might have been the other way around. He might have blonded his hair and had the dark moustache and beard. Terrific look. Terrific look. He's been criticised for appearing to bung on a foot injury to get out of that terrific show, SAS Australia. It's, it's a sort of uh, action show, unscripted drama where... You know, people volunteer to be put through some sort of SAS hijinks, some fail. He obviously did. He didn't want to do it. So this was episode one where he pulled out. And a lot of people have been critical of him for having done so. I got in touch with him, said it was a very brave decision because he would have looked an idiot had he gone on. He agreed. Uh, that's the thing about Jason Ackermanis. He's always, just despite the, you know, blonde hair and the dark beard and moustache, he was always a very honest fellow. Honest, uh, not only with his fans, uh, but uh, with HG and myself. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time with Jason. He really opened up. And uh, remember, <laughs> I say to Jason all the time, whatever you said to us at the time, we stay stum. He understood. Now, the Wallabies uh, appear to be set to become a second-tier team in uh, world sport, and uh, they're, in, they're in very good company. Mm-hmm. When you look at the second-tier uh, rugby union setup, you've got Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, Namibia, Romania, Georgia, Uruguay, Spain, Portugal, and now Australia. And I think that'd be a terrific well, competition. I, I reckon you can win some of those. We'd win a couple of them, yes, yes. And is there a prize in the second oh, tier? Oh, I don't know, but a we could make fruit? one. We could make one. We could, we could come up with some sort of uh, cup, I'd suggest, a two-tier cup. You mean something like the John Eels Trophy? John Eels Trophy's not bad. Or the John Eels, what would John Eels do trophy? The, the what would John Eels do, yes. That would be a very popular trophy. Uh, Uruguay would certainly love to win that. I mean, the last time I was in Uruguay, the, the amount of talk about John Eels was staggering. <laughs> Absolutely staggering. There there a lot of John Eels freaks. Long memories, the Uruguayans. Yeah, I know, yeah. I they love their rugby. That. Love their rugby. Yeah. Love the Wallabies, and they love Wallabies, having the Wallabies in their two-tier group. Uh, wonderful week, of course, for the greatest game of all. Uh, Dylan Edwards gets a kangaroo call-up, and I'm wondering, has there ever been a more deserving player of a kangaroo Guernsey? I don't think so. Uh, this fellow has just, just been an absolute champion. I mean, he hasn't big, he doesn't big-note himself, big, big, big raps on himself. No, he just, uh, just gets the job done very, very professionally and very, very well. A standout Australian. Outstanding. Now, we wish him all the best. I think they're taking on Samoa this Tonight, evening. Tonight, yes. I think ten, ten past eight. I think this evening is kickoff time, so uh, get the family around the uh, crystal bucket and enjoy it. Don't know if it's on free to wear. I don't know. Sneesby hasn't said anything. Is it free to wear? Do we know? Or is it on KO or something stupid? Don't know. Well, let's assume it's going to be free to wear and just watch whichever's on anyway. It'll all be great. Uh, and of course, uh, Millie Boyle and uh, Adam Elliott tie the knot. What a beautiful rugby league story this is. Two absolute champions tying the night, tying the knot, and of course it does augur well for the next generation of rugby league champions. Make of that what you will.
footy heads. The ethical obligation concept is a core value at the Bludge, along with a celebration of football and the belief that many officials and players cheat. We take the rough with the smooth and swerve around the sickos, pervs and weirdos at Bludging on the Blind Side. Getting the bludge underway for another week. If you want to be part of the show, 0467920222. That's 0467920222. That's the text line, and we're more than happy to take texts. Uh, look, uh, people do like putting a PhD up on the text service, and we're more than happy to read them, but they're hard to turn into radio program on the run. We savour them in our downtime. Oh, the old-fashioned way, RoyNHG at abc.net.au. RoyNHG at abc.net.au. Rugby League supports NATO, the CSIRO, the ANZUS Pact and the World Health Organisation. No other sport has made such a commitment. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, and on, uh, well, Everest Day, the first race has been won, uh, run and won. A terrific day. Uh, let's see, looks like Horse 10 got there. I uh, haven't got the uh, form going. Yes, I had money on horse 10. Yes. <clears throat> now, let's go to a couple of issues, big issues this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Firstly, uh, the cricket. Yes. Now. Six dropped catches. Is that what it was? Six, Six dropped, dropped catches. catches. Oh, they're all Against forward, South Africa. And I how, mean, that's unheard of. How difficult were these? Oh, there was a little bit of wind swirling around, you know, but they should have been taken. They should have been taken. At that level. At that level. Yeah. yeah. Now, can I ask just a background question here? Do you think this form of cricket is fighting for relevance? Yes, it is. You mentioned the Olympic Games. There's yeah. no way they're going to play ODI. In no, the it'll be 2020. 2020. Yeah. So, or even yeah. probably 100. Could be. Now, hmm. where does it, where does ODI go to? No, Remember, well, it's finished. ODI is all over. This will be the last tournament. This will be the last World ODI Cup, I'm sure, which is why it's very important for Australia to poke its head up. Wouldn't it be lovely to be the last, the last to hold the last it winners. and hold it and in perpetuity? Have, indeed, and we'd have it here all the time yes. in Australia. And people could go by, even if we don't win anything else, yes. schools would be able to go and have a look at the last trophy. It's exactly. a what a romance. Exactly. You just now, have to find somewhere, some location that would be ideal. I'd suggest it outside the War Memorial, somewhere like that. Outside the War Memorial? Sure. That's incredible. Mm. And could it to a War Memorial, says a oh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful War Memorial on North Terrace in... Adelaide, a beautiful structure there, and go down to the Shrine of Remembrance in Melbourne. Well, perhaps replicas at each of the other memorials. Right. That's Mm. terrific. Just outside. Not part of the official war memorial, obviously. No, well, I mean, we don't want to sully the war memorial or the memory of Of course not. Of course not. And we wouldn't. No. Now, are you thinking that there is a way to revive this? And if so, how? Remember how it, I mean, I can dimly remember it coming onto the scene mm-hmm. uh, as a result of a test series somehow being held up by rain mm. and a clear day on the last day of the test. I think it might have been Melbourne, England, Australia. They decided to play a one-day game and they invented a new form of the cricket. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Much in the manner of school kids playing today across mm. the nation, probably right as we speak. Mm. Yes. Now, can I yeah. ask, there's no way of resurrecting it. I mean, I don't think so. I, I, I just we don't think have that time. For, do we? I don't think we have time. We don't no. have time or the, the patience to go yeah. follow it in the way that it's played because it seems to start off with a burst, yeah. then go into a slump. Well, there are too many dull bits. Dull bits, that's yeah. right. And yeah. who can forget Damien Martin yeah. getting huge scores by just getting singles? Yeah. 
That's right. It's nuts. Yeah, and, and, no, and being rewarded for it. I know. You know, people talking it up, you know, beautiful the, innings, you know. 90, but it was yeah, all in 90 singles. 90 off 4,000 balls. Brilliant. Hmm. <laughs> now, I raise this because Cricket Australia has commissioned one of the world's largest consultancy firms for a report into the way the game operates down under. Now, hmm. you know... What I want to know is, do these people have any cricket credibility? Mm. You know, sure, it's great to have a consultancy firm, but what yeah. is a consultant normally? Yeah. Boston Consulting Group is in the process of reviewing the structure of Australian cricket as the sport heads into a brave new era mm. in a rapidly changing cricket landscape. Boy, okay. Now, what have they got in mind? What do they know that we don't know? Yes, because, exactly. You know. Exactly. It's understood the BCG. Well, 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 hang on. Haven't we been world champions for a fair while now? We're, don't we hold the ashes? And aren't we test cricket holders? Can yeah, we, we, we are. We, we beat are. India before that ashes. We did. What else do we have to do? What, what are we going to do? I mean, why have a report now? And we don't care about ODI? No, nobody gives a bugger about ODI. Well, you and I do a little bit. Well, I we mean, talk we, about we, we'd love to be okay. the last holders of the World Trophy. Cup. <laughs> you know, if we can get over Sri Lanka, must win. <laughs> can I ask, who's your tip in this? Mm. In the in the current lineup, it's South Africa and India in the final. By the looks, it looks like it. If that's possible, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Either, now, but uh, certainly India, by the looks of things, are going to be there. Yeah. It's understood BCG has given a broad remit to look at into the way Australian cricket should be run, particularly on the back of the broadcast rights and player pay deal signed under this year. Oh, now, here okay. we go straight to the details that don't matter. Who mm. cares how much people get played? Yeah. If they can bat. Yeah. They should be part of the team. If they can bowl, they should be... And forget the pay deals. Yeah. I mean, the pay deals are irrelevant. I they mean, are. They are. Sure. I mean, when you when you see, say, uh, Big Show, you know, get snare a couple of quick wickets, as he did the other night, you know, might have been two for 35 off 10, which was head and shoulders above everyone else. Nobody in the room said to me, he's being overpaid or he's not being paid enough. It just didn't come up. <laughs> it didn't no. come up. <laughs> And if you were to say to me, do you want to know how much Big Show got paid? No. I've got I don't no idea. care. And remember the big stink that was it Labuschagne? No, Green. Green got $3 million beyond yeah. paying the IPL. But it's stupid to pay him that, but that's IPL paying him that. I know. Who cares? Exactly. I mean, if, if he's got a manager good enough to squeeze, squeeze that out of money out, I mean, full marks. Yeah, full marks. So, under the microscope is the way Cricket Australia and its state associations, effectively Cricket Australia's owners, share resources. Mm hmm. Fresh commercial opportunities are also being explored. I mean, where, what are they? Yeah. What, are we going to turn the team into a set of gold diggers and go gold mining or prospecting or something like that? That'd be the only way to get more money out of it. Mm. As Australian men's and women's team contest the World Cup in a series uh, against West Indies, respectively, the cricket world remains in a state of flux. Flux? Does it? It's still got three stumps. It doesn't stumps. look like flux to me. Three stumps. People still have to yeah. knock them over. Ten yeah, look, I have no look in women's cricket, as we might have made a mention on this program last week. The, the, the rest of the world's catching up to us, but they haven't caught us yet. No, <laughs> no need for a Gould report into Australian cricket. It'll be a waste of time and money. See, I think this has to have a name to it because with Gould, yes. I mean, I've got to be honest here, is I love everything he does with the report. Sure. The fact that he's all But you blank. can't put it on Gould. He didn't put a report into everything. He has got the time. No, and... And I, we never see the report anyway. I know. And I don't think he knows anything about cricket. He knows about rugby league. Yes. That's what people overlook here. Yeah. I've got no doubt that uh, he could write an excellent report about cricket, but it'd be nonsense. Yeah, it would. Because, so... It'd have be these, fiction. It'd be fiction, fiction. Fiction. Yeah. Have these people... Now, if Gus wants to write a book about, you know... Rugby, you cricket know, as I love. Cricket, uh, you know, a novel. Fine, go to a publisher. Good luck, Gus. Now, can I ask? 
See, there's no name from Boston Consulting Group. Who are they? Exactly. Have are they, they local? Yeah. Do or are they, they in Boston in, in the United States? Are they, uh, is it a United States firm? I can't help you there. The Boston does worry me a bit, meaning yeah. that it could be on the east coast of America. Yes. Now, the global game is evolving quickly, according to this item, particularly with the advent of franchise leagues around the world, several of which are now populated by satellite teams of Indian Premier League, I mean, you know, yeah. Premier League clubs. But that's what cricket wants. Now, Cricket Australia has worked with BCG in the past, including Commission a report in 2021 which explored the game's finances in 2008 when BCG devised a plan for World Test Championship, a push supported by Cricket Australia eventually implemented dot, dot, dot. Right. Now, mm. some of this is okay and some of this, they, they commissioned a, a, a report into the finances in 2021. What Why? did they decide? Yeah. Yes. Why? I mean, it's game gangbusters. Yes. It's back to show business. Yes. You know, if you've got a manager who's good enough to bang somebody over the head and get twenty million, good luck. Good Go luck. for it. Yeah. Blow yourself out now. Yes. Yes. Uh, just before we leave this problem, I mean, generally speaking, actually, we seem to have very good player managers, don't we? We do. We do. You know, some of the best in the world. Well, certainly, uh, people who know the, uh, the the value of a player. <laughs> You know, you look at Green, and I scratch my head, you know. To see the if so, someone said to me, do you think Green's worth, you know, $3 million over a you know, six-week period, I would have said no. <laughs> Chirps, mytho, bleach and hand sanitizer in equal parts. Try it. What have you got to lose? This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Roy, how's that uh, text message service going? Anything of interest? Well, Joseph in Townsville's been in touch. She says, uh, while I was lining up to cast my vote this morning, I heard people in front of me talking about the lack of a publication of the Gould Report into St George. <laughs> Maybe there should be a Gould Review into the parlous state of rugby union. At the same time, he might as well start on cricket. Well, I just as we've just said, I just think it's too big an ask to put on Gus. Well, it depends on... Does he... Is Gus interested? Has he put his hand up? Well, I don't think he has. No, I think that's right. But remember, money talks. Oh, yeah. And I, I could see yeah. Rugby Union. I mean, look at the money they've Well, wasted. Rugby Union would be happy to pay Gus. I yeah, think, I think so. They'd pay him whatever he wanted. I know. They would be able to. Yeah. Now, look, what the difficulty is, is that the, the enmity between Rugby League and Rugby Union yes. needs to be front and centre here because, mm. you know, Gus could really do an Agent Jones on him and oh, yes. suggest a lot of things which didn't help. Yeah, true. Wouldn't put it past him, to <laughs> no. be honest here. Yeah, but uh, he can be Machiavellian. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. But can I just say, I I do think that the this raises a question which I didn't really want to raise now mm, particularly, mm, but mm. it does appear that one of the problems that uh, the hatted one, Eddie Jones, has with the Australian rugby, the... Rum and Raisin Revolution, etc., mm. is that he sees himself as in charge of a centralised structure of rugby in Australia, mm. which farms out the ideas to various state bodies yes. and, of course, predictably enough, Queensland West Australia in particular aren't the slightest bit interested in that. Right. And this does bang into, you know, that terrific idea that, uh, you know, the charge of the bloke in charge of metallurgy in Western Australia. Oh, Twiggy. Twiggy Forrest mm. Mm. had uh, with his Indo-Pak rugby. Yes. Which what, was a great, what became of that? I don't know. I think we need to report into that too, mm. okay. Indo-Pak rugby. It's such a good idea. Yes, yes. And can I just say that... Just Are you suggesting to me that, that Queensland and Western Australia, even if Supercoach Jones, the, well, presumably the next coach of the uh, uh, Japanese Cherry Blossoms. Cherry Blossoms, that's right. Uh, if he comes up with an idea, they're not prepared to listen to him? Even if it's a good idea for them? Are they that blinkered? 
Is I've this got, the problem of Australian rugby? That, that, that one that doesn't matter how good an idea is, they're going to because it's come from there. They're not going to do it. Well, is that the problem? I think that's partly the problem, but the other problem is yeah. how do we divvy up the money? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So right. Queensland feel as though they're maybe, I'm not sure what happened last year, but the Reds, you know, great, yeah. you know, the legacy of Thorne and all that sort yes. of stuff is fantastic. Waratah's hopeless. Yes. Uh, they, he's got to take control of the Waratahs, otherwise they're going to be a cot case forever. Sure. You know, the Rebels and the Force and all that sort of stuff, so, you know, and then they've got the international commitments with, you know, New Zealand and so on. Yes. I'm not sure where it goes, but he's got some idea of centralising the money right. and him in charge of the purse strings. I oh, think okay. Of Okay. Think of what it is. Now, understandably, mm. I would say Queensland, you know, by dint of being Queensland, I'm not knocking them for that. That's no. their right mm. would have some problems with that. They'd see a power-sharing arrangement, you know, worked out by a board with maybe 10 people on it and representing all the states and mm. having, a, a you know, a lobbying process with Jones. Sure. Maybe not even on it but providing advice. Yeah, yeah. But really... But it's look, not up to me to come no, up with No, no, it's idea. not up to you. But but, but there's got to become a point where people put the game ahead of themselves. You know, it's a bit like the GST. You know, New South Wales raises more GST than any other state. And yet... We... And yet the, the, the people of New, New South, South Wales are the, quite happy to have a lot people. of their GST acquired monies spread out across the nation yeah. for the benefit of the nation of a whole. And as hats a whole. off to them. And hats off to them for that. Yeah. You know, people in the, you know, you get the odd whisper on a bus, you know, I wish my GST wasn't going, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not Generally, a bushfire. It's yeah. not a bushfire. The same should be with rugby, mm. that they should all put their shoulders to the one wheel. Yeah, well, they're not doing that. They're not doing that. See, Jones, I suspect, would be happy with a little castle, which was rugby, and he was the He top was dog. the king. Yeah, he was the king. Yes. The king of rugby. That's right. That's right. Well, is that a good thing? Well, well, not if Western Australia and Queensland aren't going to accept that. But the thing is, they've got to sit around together and come up with a solution and say, well, how do we organise this, this great thing called rugby? You know, should we return to Concord Oval? Should we find the skip where the old photos are and the old, uh, you know, boards and what have you and, and restore it and bring back the goalposts? Should we ask, what would John Eels what do? What would John Eels do? Get the right result every time you book in for an HIA appointment. Use the system that keeps the Bludge team on the park. That's the do-it-yourself HIA test with the results confirmed by the quack who knows a bang to the head. Dr Comatose Verstappen. Just ring the hotline on Bludging on the Blind Side. I mean, I always see rugby league as the community as a family. What a lovely idea, Roy. Uh, I noticed that I think today as part of the Everest they sing uh, that terrible song... Uh, Sweet Caroline? Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Caroline. It's, uh, and people, bum, bum, bum. it's that bit people that love. Bit, yeah. <laughs> they just love it. And they sing it before they jump yeah. and the jockeys tell me they can hear it from the, out there and they just it's give It's as popular shits. as... Da -da -da -da. <laughs> people just love it, don't they? They do. It just puts a smile on your face. It does. And you think even if they have lost a fortune, yeah. I've had a great day. It's a it's a it's a, a healing balm, a isn't healing it? Balm, when you've yeah. got an empty wallet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
That's right. Good times never felt so good. That's it. Yeah, and I suppose yeah. that's the theme, you know, and people say there are no winners on the racetrack. I tell you, you just have to put that on and play it loud. Everybody's a winner. Everyone. Uh, Roy, I know uh, time's pressing, so maybe I should uh, just, you know, mm-hmm. try and suggest a, a smaller item. And yes. Concerning the origin selection of coach now, are you completely comfortable with Maguire as coach? Well, he's, look, he's, well, he's, he's got... Some form, hasn't he? I mean, he did take Param- uh, sorry, South to the to Premiership in 2014, I think. Yes. Uh, he's coached the Wigan Warriors, you might recall, successfully. I Super think League. In the Super League. South Sydney, we mentioned. West Tigers, not so successful there, but you can't blame him for that. That's to do with the structure of the, the whole setup. The club, setup, what's the going club, on what's I'd going like to on see a, a solid probe into that. Yes. But he has studied under Bellamy. And Stewart. And Stewart, Sticky Stewart, yeah. So, uh, so that gives him some. Has he accepted the the the, the deal? Oh, well, has he has been the offer been put out, or has he just I, put his hand up? I think he's put his hand up. Yeah, and he's allowed to be the reserve coach with Stick. I think. Right. By doing I thought that... he was dropping that role and staying with the Warriors. Oh, is that what he's decided? I think to do? so. Okay, could be. Could yeah, because be. uh, having the Warriors it's... and the Raiders and State of Origin, Origin. A, bit a bit too much for anyone. Yeah. yeah. And do we know what his the offer is of his remuneration each year? No, idea? I've got no is idea. Is it better than what uh, I, I Freddie? Was being offered. I, I think suppose he's it would be five hundred a week to do it for six weeks. Okay, good. Uh, so they're not going to break the bank with it. No, and it's, I'd, I'd say the the real winner is New South Wales Rugby League. Good, maybe struggling. Yes, a bit for cash. Yep, yep. Uh, and well, imagine uh, understand the structures that are required to win State of Origin. You'd imagine. Uh, he he certainly could engage with the players. He'd certainly be able to pick the players he think can thinks can do the job. He'd be able to do that. My only question mark is who's going to be sitting two seats behind him with the clipboard? I think you've got to look at the whole chair structure behind the card yeah. table in the uh, in mm. the coach's box. Yeah, and realise that is Cleary going to be part of it. Well, I assume not. I assume he's going to build his own team. Yeah. Well, I don't know who's worked with Madge before. Jason Riles might have. Is Jason Riles going to be the clipboard holder? He comes back, of course, with Wallaby experience. I think Mark O'Mealy's got some runs. Oh, Mark O'Mealy. Yeah, the oh, O'Mealy would good. be good. I just suggest a name here. Yes. Uh, I think uh, I'm thinking I'm right in saying that O'Mealy's doing excellent work with the forwards in Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. And good. Cannot good. At good. the moment. But he okay. could step up. Yes. Um, and would Gus give him uh, permission to leave for over that period? I think he would. To well, sit with the clipboard, two yeah, seats remember, behind Madge? Remember, we're not spending a lot of money on this. No. We're spending probably a couple of days well, in Well, people Canada. do it. People would volunteer. Well, I come back to your great offer to volunteer. Rugby league emissaries, they yeah. would be. Honorary emissaries as a result of their contribution to the state of origin. Exactly. Surely. Exactly. <laughs> and I've got to say is that I think the boutiquing it mm. could surprise Queensland. Yes. Yes. You know, well, Queensland wouldn't have been expecting the name Madge Maguire to be appearing. So this is going to put the frighteners through them already, isn't it? It certainly is. Now, look, let's leave that there. We may I come mean, back to that. Billy's going to be... Billy's shitting he, himself. He, well, he will be. Maguire. Because he can't get it, you know, it's not as if Madge is going to be appearing much on Sneezeby's network. He doesn't. <laughs> I've never seen him on Sneezeby's network. I mean, he might have bobbed up as an interview guest back in the day, 2014. Yeah, you know, take us through no. a grand final tomorrow. How are you feeling? Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> um, but apart from that, we haven't seen him. No. So can't expect uh, Billy Slater to get any inside info, as he would have done from, from the Freddie, who just couldn't shut up. Now, 
Talk back topic. Roy, how'd you go last week? Well, last week, HG, I think we had the topic, uh, should Penrith replace Manly in Vegas? No surprises here. 100% yes. Mm. Mm. That that was right across the board. Even Western Australia voted 100% yes for that. It's, it's fantastic. And yeah. what are you suggesting today as a talkback Well, today's we? talkback topic, HG, now, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I may have raised the, this issue with you just privately during the week uh, when we were on the bus. Um, that is, is the kangaroo jersey as valuable as it used to be? You did raise this with me, and, and I I'm went pretty quiet is, for a while. Yeah. I mean, we used to measure a player's greatness by how many tests they played. Well, we don't do that anymore, no. and this worries me. And I'd, I don't know if it coincides with what I'd call the Meninga era or whether the, it began earlier, and I I'm, am calling, and I've mentioned this just quietly to Gus, to have been a bit of an inquiry into the status of the kangaroo jersey and how we can inflate it to where it should stand in the community. So our talkback this week is, uh, are the kangaroos, A, losing importance, B, uh, need to be seen more often because they rarely play in Australia these days. They play more overseas than they do in Australia. Uh, Or C, are of no interest to Volandis and Abdo. So uh, so that's it. Are the kangaroos, A, losing importance, B, uh, need to be seen more often, or C, are of no importance to Vlanders and Abdo? And you can go A, B or C, or A and B, or A, B and C. You can vote on all of those and we'll be able to uh, uh, to isolate. Take the pulse and of the exam- nation. Take the pulse, yes. Now, can I ask you, because not, the uh, news is pressing, Yes. compare and contrast mm. the kangaroos jumper with the bag of green. Oh, See, wow. the baggy green's lost a lot of its mm. cachet. Yes. Because of the blizzard of cricket. Yes, I suppose so. And, um, I suppose you so. know, it doesn't, I mean, I'm, I have trouble keeping Remember up Remember the value of the baggy green in days gone by? Uh, you know, Sir Don Bradman. Oh, Sir Don Bradman, yeah. You know, the baggy green of his was worth millions. Doug Walters. Doug Walters, yeah. I mean, Graham Wood. Graham Wood, yeah. yes. Yeah, I know. I know. And then you only have to think of, you know, mm. a couple of people like, uh, well, David Hooks, for instance, RIP. Yeah, Mitchell Marsh. <laughs> Mitchell. You know, what would Mitchell Marsh's baggy green be worth these days? And how would it compare, let's say, with Neil Harvey's? Or, you know, <clears throat> Dennis Lilly. Or Dennis Lilly's, yeah. yeah. See what I mean? I mean, there's too Steve much. Wars. Too much well, Steve Wars only wore the one. You'll recall. All the way through. All the way through. Almost so wore that, it out. that would be incredibly valuable. Yeah. Held together with gaffer tape. That's again. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I see the sport changes so quickly and we don't notice it because the only way to examine sport at the moment is through the prism of entertainment. Yes. You know, entertainment and television value. Yes. So the television value has robbed these things which were icons of when we were children yes. of any meaning at all. Yes. That's right. Sobering note, Roy. It, it is a very sobering note, and I would hate to see the kangaroo jersey go the way of the baggy green. I mean, that's something we've just got to ensure does not happen. Space. It's the final frontier, and Australia is on its way to Saturn in the Jedinac Orbiter. Once we stop bludging on the blind side. Yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side on Everest Day. If you want to be part of the show, 0467 920 222. 
0467920222 or the old-fashioned way, royandhg at abc.net.au. And the following people have Roy. Uh, yes, they have. Actually, just before I get to uh, to the emails, I, I just want to uh, acknowledge the terrific job the Socceroos did this morning, our time. Uh, I think they went down to England just 1-0. Excellent uh, It was result. a terrific game. And uh, acknowledge... Uh, Ange, uh, that great Aussie, Ange Postacoglu, who went into the dressing room to speak to the players uh, prior to the game. I thought that was... He didn't have to. No. He didn't have to. No. And I, I don't know if uh, Arnold reached out to him or not or yeah. whether Ange just put it, did it off his own. I don't know. I don't know. And, and during but, the week um, they bumped into Hoos. Who's hitting? Oh, Goose hitting, yes. yes. Aussie Goose. Yes. yes. He was there with them. Was uh, there Hank Doot with him? Well, I, I think he was. Hank Doot might have zoomed in. Right. Uh, just expressing a few thoughts on winning and how to beat England yes. and all that sort of stuff. Yes. And I hope the players weren't confused with too much input. I mean, when you put Doot and uh, Goose yeah, and, and Graham it, Arnold you? and Ange poking his head in, I mean, it can be overwhelming. For, for your ordinary socceroo. And was this for a cup or...? No, it's no, just it, a friendly. Yeah. Unlike you... next week, which is the cup, you'll recall they're playing for the ashtray. And I forgot to refer, acknowledge last week when we just reminded ourselves of this story of the ashtray. That been to Gallipoli. That it had been to Gallipoli, yeah, that no, ashtray. Been, sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder yeah, there. Yeah. But it had been to Gallipoli and yeah, was found. That's right. And a beautiful In a trophy. garage, yes. Yeah, with... <clears throat> Uh, a couple still of still with the yeah, the stubbed cigars stub in it that had been smoked you know, by, the, by the two, the, the, two the captains, captains in about all those years ago. Yeah, I know it's incredible. Incredible. And while we're acknowledging uh, things, uh, mm. the big thank you to Renell for stepping into the show and panelling it excellently and that's doing right. the production work last Should week be. for us, which I forgot to thank on the day. Yes, that's right. Now this comes from Andrew HG in Canberra. He says, as the sun sets on another magnificent season of God's game, (laughs) what better time to take stock of our rugby league workforce? Yeah. The recently established Jobs and Skills Australia have released their skills priority list. While there is a strong mention of the skills needed for the care workforce and the digital occupations, there is no mention of rugby league. I find this beyond perplexing at a time when we have a dearth of halves and hookers, quality coaches and touchies. At the same time, there's a glut of outside backs, forwards and sideline commentators. Surely we need a way of identifying the skills we need so we can make early interventions. For example, going to schools and junior competitions and getting kids to transition to in-demand positions or making sure there are clear pathways to becoming a touchy by addressing social stigmas and other barriers. After all, without the people who make up our great game, we have nothing at all. Isn't that an excellent letter and timely? Very timely. And I've got to say is that this is, you know, it, it, mm. everybody goes for the soft option here, don't they? They do. There's, nobody's prepared to move from being a winger into the front row. No, they're not. But that could be a pathway that schools could exploit. Yes. If they see kids bludgeoning. We have discussed this in the past. I know, where, I know, where, no, I know. No, where, where you do have, say, a, a, a winger with a front rower's body. <laughs> and they never get a chance. They never get a chance to shine in the way that they imagine they should. I thought we were going to go slightly in a different direction. That you yes. know, sensibilities being what they are in the community. Mm. We have, as you point out, and, mm. the, and your correspondent points yes. out, we have to overcome those barriers. We do, we do. Yes, but, um, yes, we do. But uh, it was a shortcoming from that uh, report uh, into the Australian workforce. Oh, yeah, no yeah. rugby league. No rugby no, league at all. But no, no rugby no. league in the budget, no rugby league no. in, you know, Parliament. We don't no. have any. Who's your rugby league go-to member of Parliament at the moment? Well, we don't have one. No, thanks. 
None. Thanks. Uh, this comes from Ian H. You may recall Ian is our friend, uh, called Correspondent now, who was uh, riding a bike through uh, South America. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Excellent. Yes. He, he, he says, found a place where there was Wi-Fi. Uh, yes, yeah, that, that, that's right. Uh now, he says here, um, thank you for your mention on your program. Oh, yeah, weekend. good. Yeah, yes. good. I'm now staying in Quito, Ecuador, oh, after beautiful. spending a week on San Cristobal in the Galapagos Islands. God, he's getting around, isn't he? he Imagine riding a bike around the Galapagos Islands. It's a bit of a ride in the boat to get there. But once but you're there. once you're there, it's fantastic. Mm. My next objective is Cusco, Peru, where I'll, I'll catch up with a great friend and his son to spend a month riding motorcycles through Peru and Bolivia, after which I'll ride south to uh, Ushaia. Now, uh, there's, he's been in touch again. He says, I arrived in Ecuador today after riding through the mountains from Alausi. The roads were rough dirt for about 20 kilometres, but the scenery was breathtaking. I would be. I decided to have a rugby league ball sent to me so I can, in very poor Spanish, explain the game to South Americans and possibly conduct a few touch footy games. Well, why isn't that uppermost in Volandes' mind? I know he's got the Everest to worry about today. Monday morning, first thing, because South America is the... What I call the sleeping hidden, giant, sleeping giant, hidden frontier. That's it. That's you know, it. They, they, don't tell me that you know these rugby yep. players who have been unearthed. Yes, I uh, use this carefully. <laughs> yes, you know, in the rugby union world cup. Well, the Mayans would have loved their rugby league. We know that. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah, they played with the head. They played with the head exactly. Uh, and it wouldn't hurt the uh, rugby league, Volanders and Co, to send a uh, rugby league emissary uh, pin to Ian. Wouldn't it be great if the emissaries of rugby league could join up yes. and go on the walk, the rugby league way? Oh! Tucson to Tucum Kerry, yes. that could be the Tonopah. Yes, It would Wonderful. be just a brilliant lead-up to March the 2nd. It would. It would. Uh, now, this has come from uh, Richard in uh, Bullinudgel. I have to pronounce that. Billy Nudgel. Uh, he says uh, he's sent through a, a graph of wallaby wins year by year. <laughs> it's a very sober graph, actually, yes, very say. sober. We go from uh, in 2000, the year 2000, this is just post-John Eels era. Yeah. God, they were the days, weren't they? The golden age. Golden age. Remember? 2003, I think it started to go wrong. Yeah. yeah. Someone's suggesting the Nick Farr Jones Cup for the second tier. Hasn't got the ring of the John Eels, though, has it? No. You, no. Know, you know, you never hear anyone say, I wonder what Nick Farr-Jones would do, because you know what he'd do. The thing about uh, Eels is he always surprised, didn't he? I was just wondering if it was South America, could we have the Topo Rodriguez? Oh, yes. You know, the yes. great Topo Rodriguez would yes. be a great name for a cup or yep. something. Remember that great morning we had with Topo Rodriguez? Somebody been at the Canterbury Bankstown Rugby League it Club. Was, indeed. With Changa Langland. Changa rode the bike around. Well, no, Changa didn't. Uh, Topo did. Changa just sat with his beer, you'll recall, <laughs> at quarter to ten in the morning. It was a terrific day. It was. Wasn't it? Unforgettable. Unforgettable. <laughs> we're in the boardroom. And the bike in the boardroom. The bike in the boardroom. Something you don't often see. No. Fantastic. Uh, anyway, the graphic uh, shows us, HG, there was in 2000, we had an 80% win rate, that is the Wallabies. Wow. It's now slumped to below 10%. Could that be right? 80% win rate? Yeah, back then. Yeah. We expected them to win most of the time. How Nowadays. Forget. Yeah. 
Uh, now... Can I ask, are there million-dollar players playing rugby union for Australia? No, I wouldn't have thought so. No. I mean, you couldn't pay any of those clowns a million bucks, could you? I mean, you'd look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you? I mean, fair's fair. <laughs> this comes from Max. He says, as you know, Tim Zhu is officially a boxing world champion after Jamel Charlo entered the ring against Canelo Alvarez and promptly lost badly on points as yes, well. Yes, we were there that night. After the fight, Charlo said, quote, I just felt like it wasn't me in there. It seems that NRL's path to Vegas is already paying dividends with American <laughs> boxers quoting stick. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that fantastic? That's a great get that. Mm. It wasn't me in there. It wasn't me in there. I wonder who he thought it was. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, this comes from Matthew, Stanwell Park. I was excited to see Anthony Minicello play a part in the NRL grand final proceedings, delivering the match ball onto the field. Yeah. Wasn't that a great moment? A terrific moment. Terrific that was the best moment, moment though, yes. I thought, in the We'd had moment. the Tina Turner experience, yeah. which was fantastic. <laughs> and then out comes... Minnie. I wasn't expecting Minnie. No, I wasn't. The last person I saw. Last thought, person in yeah, the world, but yeah. great to see. Yeah, it was. It was. Great to see him. Anyway, apparently that ball had been on quite a journey to get to Anthony Minicello, a bit like a mini Olympic torch relay. I was then confused later during the grand final when the ground announcer said for the first time ever, if the ball goes into the crowd, it could be caught and kept, baseball style. I suppose this is a modification for Trump ball when we get to the USA next year. Yeah, it would be. But what was the point of the match ball's journey across Australia, only to disappear into the crowd on the first kick for goal? I mean, he's got a point there, hasn't he? Yes. Either the ball is worth something or it's not. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's a very confused message. It is a confused message. It's a couple of confused messages yes. in the rugby league. I mean, the rugby league's got a sort of... So- yeah, I don't it does. Know. It does. It does. It does. It does. I know. Everybody on the same page. Yes. Pushing forward. Thank you very much. Emissaries. Hand Marching. the ball back. Yeah, that's right. That ball's been all around. That's a special ball. Yeah. Mini brought it out. We'll that's give you one out of the bag. Yes. This comes from Darren. Uh, Darren says, can the man of feathers report back to the bludge with answers to the following? Good. One, why sports betting advertising saturates rugby league TV broadcasts? Well, who well, plays for the game? On, duh. You want a million dollar yeah. player? You want a million dollar? I mean, the only how else can we play pan Hey? has? It's got to be through revenue, right? I know. The days of blanket appeals and lucky envelopes are long gone. Long gone. That boat sailed. That boat sailed. I mean, it's still there in rule and regional rugby but you'd expect that. But they got pies. Yeah, they got pies. Two, will Nathan, will a Nathan Cleary statue be elected at, uh, erected at Penrith? Well, that's not out of the question. No, that'd be a good get for that'd a sculptor. That'd be a good get, yeah, yeah. yeah. Three, can the performers of Tina please return for the grand final pre-entertainment in 2024? Well, I'm sure well, that, that could that, be that possible. Could, that would be a new be production, though. Yeah. Could be a new production, if you know what I mean. Oh, like yeah, sure. 2024, maybe some people might have other jobs. They like, might have a makeover. Yeah, that, so they might have those. Some of them might have to go and play in Wicked or, mm. you know, Oklahoma or something like that. Sure. You, you know, the musical theatre does turn it over fairly quickly. This comes from Matt and Ben. Uh, he says, we were disturbed to hear that with only a f- mere five months till kick-off in Vegas, only 20 to 25% of tickets have been sold and mostly to travelling decent Aussie rugby league fans. That can't be that right. That can't be right. That's just a bit of, you know, uh, Murdoch. Yes, you know, it is. It's bait, yep. you know, sort of lie. Yep, manufactured, made up. Only 25%. That's not right. 
As an Australian and South supporter living in Annapolis, Maryland, together with my East supporting mate, Ben, we're trying to do our part and have purchased six tickets for the evening, bringing four Americans with us. Isn't that great? Isn't that good news? That's terrific. That's, that, Don't tell them Why aren't they, they, Why they, they got a badge? badge? Thank you. The enthusiasm of these four is palpable, as you can imagine, but, so, but much discussion is taking place over who to support as they want a truly immersive experience. Oh, good. That's their good. four American friends. Yeah. Uh, our friend Andy shed some perspective on this when he declared that as a supporter of the Baltimore Ravens and Baltimore Orioles, both with bird mascots, he will be a rooster supporter. Good, yeah, that makes sense. We had previously coached him on the ills of being a manly supporter, which he understood instantly. Oh, he would. He would. This made us wonder if what the rugby league needs is an affiliation with the US sports teams to help Americans on their journey to the greatest game of all and to stimulate domestic ticket sales. Yes, that's I think well this might have been through. raised in the past. We don't want to muddy the issue, though. We don't want people turning up thinking they're going to see the Denver Broncos when it's the Brisbane Broncos, and they bear no resemblance to the Denver Bronco Broncos at all, even though they share the name. And there might have been a Denver's Broncos battery and cheese ring. I don't know. There might have been, but so what? Yeah. We don't want to muddy the issue. Could I suggest you go work for your sponsors? Mm. So let's say, uh, you know, Eels, uh, sorry, uh, Roosters, Easts, are sponsored by Chicken Company. Yes. Steggles. Steggles, that's right. Now, surely there's an American team that's sponsored by Chicken Company of some sort. Well, there would be. So, I I mean, people will know listening to this. Yes, yes. So they could be... Or Taco Bell's might have a chicken range. Yes, it's on a shirt. That's right. You know, et cetera. Yeah, so we've got yeah. to line it up like that. Yeah. You know, so as the Broncos, I'm yeah. not sure they're a beer. Uh, there'd be plenty of, com- uh, you know, teams in America sponsored by beer By outlets. beer companies, So yes. that's a way to join it and to save confusion. That's true. Because as you point out, yeah. you, you don't want to mix the message here and there's already no. enough trouble on that front. Exactly. We've got to stay absolutely on message. Uh, just finally, HG, this comes from uh, Rosemary in Blackburn in Victoria. Oh, yeah, good. Uh, she says, uh, I'm sure by now all bludgers will be asking uh, you and I going to Vegas to call the games. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. Uh, well, we'll certainly be there, but uh, whether we're allowed to call the games is uh, well, there's a, a separate rights issue. issue. There's a rights issue. Uh, we could, might have to crowdfund that. And, you well, know, that's true, and I'm sure Andrew and co will be calling the game. Um, so, and we wouldn't want to steal their thunder in any way, shape or no, form. No, we wouldn't. We'd, we'd, we'd step out of the way we'd step willingly. step out of the way willingly, yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure exactly what the ABC's decided to do about it. No, that. I don't know either. And there's a change of, you know, guard here. Is there? Uh, yes. You know, just as a guess, which yes. may have different ideas to the ones that you and I have just expressed. Well, that's true. Uh, and we've had no uh, indication from management or the new management one way or the other how rugby league focused the rugby league is going to be, or the ABC is going to be. We, we, we don't know. We don't know the international no. implications for, we don't. This, for the ABC. We, we don't. We don't. So, again, can I thank all the correspondents uh, who've uh, uh, joined us via email this week. Yes, excellent. If you want to get in touch with the show via email, roynhg at abc.net.au. League lovers, if you have dropped the ball, let teammates down, spent time in the sin bin and don't know where to turn, try the Las Vegas Church of Rugby League where Pontiff of the Punt, Pastor Mo, knows your problems and speaks your language. Put in and hit the advantage line of life. Bump on, blindsiders. 
mixed messages. We touched on that in the uh, email section. Oh, yes. ARL Commission boss, Peter Volandes, the man of feathers, Mm. he's got the panel in his plumage. I've seen him on track today. He looks magnificent. He looks more comfortable on track than he does standing on a dais at a rugby league event, doesn't he? He certainly does. He looks as though somebody pressed the suit. Yes. That's right. That tobacco fruit he was wearing on the uh, rugby league night didn't look as though it was wearing. It looked like a borrowed suit, didn't it? Ill-fitting. Ill-fitting. Yeah, he didn't read the room at all. No. Now, uh, look... um, the, obviously, Volandes plans to make, wait for it, Tim Zoo, mm. the face of Australian sport by headlining NRL's doubleheader in Las Vegas. Now, just before before you jump in, let me... This is disturbing. Volandes uh, is in talks with Zoo's promoters, No Limit, for the world champion to be the main event of a boxing and UFC blockbuster in City next March. Zoo faces Brian Mendoza tomorrow in a world title showdown at the Gold Coast Convention Centre and victory over the bullet, that's Mendoza, would open the door to a $10 million defence in the US. The NRL will launch the 2024 Premiership in the US with, uh, obviously, the Broncos to take on the Roosters, Manly to take on South, etc. at Las Vegas' 65,000 capacity Alley Giant Stadium on March the 2nd. Now, first he's got a, obviously, Zoo's got to dispose of Mendoza. Volantis is hoping the unbeaten Sydney Cider, uh, Sydney Cider buries La Bala, you know, Mendoza, to be a poster boy for NRL's Australia Week festivities in Vegas. We mm. want Tim Zoo to be the face of our NRL in Las Vegas. We'd love him to be there and promote Australian Rugby League as part of Historic Weekend for Australian sport that would showcase our talent to Americans. We have mentioned this to the Zoo camp, absolutely, and I've had talks with Matt and George Rose from No Limit, but a lot depends on what happens, obviously, tomorrow. Zoo has spoken of his passion for the rabbits. Philander said NRL would relish the prospect of using 28-year-old alongside South superstar Latrell Mitchell to promote the code. Mm. Now, let's leave that there. It's a bit more in the story. This is just does my head in. Yep. Look at the confusion of the message. Are we there for UFC mixed martial art with a bit of boxing thrown in? Yeah. Night? Yep. Or are we there to promote rugby league? Yep. You can't have Tim Zoo promoting the, the rugby league because he's a boxer. Yeah. His skill is boxing, punching people in the head. Yep. It gives a very bad message to mums and dads in America who might think rugby league something new, something Wally might be able to get involved with or Martha might be able to get involved with, and they think, well, hang on a minute, it just looks like fight night. Yeah. And then the other thing is this... How many people can actually fit in this stadium? It keeps going up and up every time I pick it up. We're up to 65,000. Yeah. yeah. Well, remember we they're changing the seat arrangements each year. Are they putting in temporary stands? Temporary stands, I believe so, yes. To get in another 25,000? Yeah, I think they're narrowing the field just a little bit more. I think it was going to be five metres, wasn't it? Shy less. in width. I think now it's going to be eight and a half metres. Less. Less. Less yeah. width. Now, yeah. To, to fit more people in. I agree with you. It is a mixed message. I mean, it's if Tim Zoo was well-known in, in the United States, well, that would be, a, it would be arguable. But nobody's heard of him. And so you've got this fighter nobody's heard of representing a division very few Americans are interested in. If it's not a heavyweight, they're not all that interested. No. Uh, talking about a sport no one's that heard of. no one's heard of. So, again, it's, it's just dead wrong. I know. And the difficulty is you'd be better off 
trying to get in. I thought that the idea of uh, Jackman and uh, Russell Crowe isn't bad because they're not going to confuse the message with sport. No. See, they're entertainment figures, you know, light entertainment figures. Yes, yes, And I could see uh, Russell Crowe doing great with some of the things that we've suggested in the past, calling the bingo between the games. That's right. You know, introducing teams, being the voice on the mic, all that sort of stuff. Hello, everyone, I'm Russell Crowe. You've heard of me. Sure. Six foot of grunt and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, the gladiator, that's me. Yeah, there's there's recognition recognition. there. I I agree with you. And he's not confused. Yeah. With, I'm not trying to play sport here. No. I'm trying to introduce you to the greatest sport in the world. That's right. That, that's right. But Valendis- See, I, I would thought a better path to go. And I'm not, I don't. I mean, I, I suppose I am advising the rugby league a little bit there, and not that they've asked for it, but anyway, it comes free, it comes free of charge. I would have asked, reached out to Peter Dutton. <laughs> and asked Peter Dutton, uh, who loves the Broncos, we know that, uh, to go over to Vegas and perhaps meet up with Donald Trump. Now, now you're talking. Now they'd have a lot in common mm. uh, and one could introduce, introduce the other to rugby league. And I think it would be a fantastic thing. Sure, A meeting of minds. A meeting of minds. Call it Trump ball, all of that, all of that. Win, win, win. Mm. I can see that really working. Now, they wouldn't know who Dutton was, but they'd learn very quickly and he wouldn't have to say much to get the message out there (laughs) that he's a can-do sort of guy who loves his rugby league. league. And the Broncos. Now, the other thing here is last week we broke the story that Volandis has picked out Reese Walsh from the Broncos lineup to be the sort of person that we could send to America a bit ahead of time. A bit of glamour. A bit of glamour, that's right. Rugby league glamour, talking about the sport that he's involved with passionately. Here we have a third party in uh, Tim Zoo trying to explain the main game. Yes. I mean, it's just, where are we? Because the first question they're going to ask Tim Zoo is, have you ever played rugby league? Yeah. Twitchy's answer is going to be, oh, no. And what's the end of interview? Yeah, and we move on. Exactly. Is there anyone else we're talk to? Is there a leader of the opposition here? (laughs) Peter Dutton, come on down. See, this is the thing that it's getting out of control. It's getting out of control. Tighten it up on the main game and the main message. And if you're thinking that somehow Zoo's going to, yeah. It just shows a lack of confidence in your own code, in your own sport. (laughs) That's exactly right. A lack of confidence. It's a white flag. Already. Here we are with a white flag. Hey, Americans hate white flags. Are you having trouble telling a Rosella parrot from a drone? A 747 from a falcon? A punch in the head from a love tap? You need the latest in visual recognition technology from the profs at Slaven Labs. As Tavita Pengai Jr. said last week on A Current Affair, yeah, no alley, Roy's VRT is great. I see them coming and going now and tell a vacant toilet cubicle from a love shack. Get your VRT headwear hardware from bludging on the blind side. And a terrific story this week concerning the uh, WBO Super Worldweight Champion, Tim Zhu. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, he's got a team together to uh, obviously defend the title tomorrow against Brian Mendoza, the bullet. And the big secret behind the 28-year-old success is is through Moroccan fight chef and big brother Omar Irfud. Mm-hmm. Uh, fight chef, it's a new concept to me. Mm. Now, while fighting is uh, Zoo's biggest challenge, having someone looking after what goes into his body is a huge weight lifted off his shoulders. In other words, he doesn't have to think about it. Mm. I've heard, 
his uh, his focus to provide his his focus is to provide Zoo with the most effective, high quality ingredients to help him stay at the top of his fight game. He said, uh, "Look, everyone can cook healthy food. You can go home and have some chicken and carbs and potatoes. That's a healthy meal." I've had said, but not everyone is a chef, and not everyone is a fight chef. That's right. So it's a great, great, uh, you know, what would I call it? Example to younger boxers getting into the game, especially teenagers, uh, mm. to remember that food mm. is the thing you punch with. Yes, that's right. <clears throat> now that, that, that's right. Well, it is very important, especially on the day of the fight itself, HG, when to eat, what to eat, and what foods will put you in a punch good frame of mind. Yeah, the punch. You know, how much turmeric do you, do you add? <laughs> well, a fight chef knows. Too much turmeric and you don't want to punch as much. No, no. Just the right amount yeah. and you tickety-boo. Yeah. Now, the best thing about Tim, he's a champion for a reason. He's disciplined. So, he's, yeah. he, he, so he himself is a nutritionist. Oh, okay, good. Yes. This is the chef talking. He knows yep. what his body needs, the yep. right amount of turmeric, and he'll give me advice sometimes about what he wants. Yes. And what he needs to eat. And the job is, isn't as easy as some think because, as Zoo told the, uh, the Murdoch press, mm. he goes through different phases. Yes. I went through an Asian-inspired stage, then went for a grilled stage, yep. then I went to Pete Evans, I had a steak stage, Manu got involved there for a while, yep. and I guess he puts up with everything, Zoo mm. said. Mm-hmm. Since we uh, started working with each other, I don't want to go out and eat. When, I try, when we go to try and grab a feed, Omar looks at the food and says, what is this? Yes. He's the number one man in the cooking industry, in the fight cooking industry, yep. and... Uh, <clears throat> That's no. really going ahead, isn't it, the fight cook industry? It certainly it? is. Has the donkey circuit tapped into that or I not? I don't think enough. No. I think some of the lads last week were at the Battle of the Reef. They had mm. their own chefs. Good. And it was good to see, yep. you know, especially people like Junior Paolo and... Uh, well, the, Junior would have his own chef, one imagines. Nelson Solomon. Uh, ben Hannon, I'm not ben so Hannan, sure. No, no, he seemed no. to be a bit lacking. He looked to be a bit of a pie guy, didn't he? Pie guy. And it can show. When you step into the ring, you know, you often hear people shout out, hey, you pie guy, and, you know. Ben's arrived. Yeah. Uh, now, <clears throat> what did you... Uh, now we Well, I, I think uh, the important thing too, HG, is uh, the chef would examine stoolage. Oh, stoolage, so important. Very important, and because often a boxer, and, well, not only boxers, but uh, just the general public indeed, uh, once you have... Um, uh, finished depositing, your instinct is to flush. And dead wrong. Dead wrong. Mm. Uh, I mean, boxers who have a, uh, a skilled practitioner, chef, who will be standing just outside the door, no. As soon as they stand up and pull the trousers up, don't reach around and flush. Leave it there. Let me have a look. Uh, call in the, um, the, expert. The, the expert to have a look and examination and adjust uh, the, uh, the input. Well, accordingly. Now, in George III's day, yes. that was very common, oh, yes. the stoolage examination. That's we seem right. to have lost the art of it uh, we do. lately. We do. But it'd be great to see uh, this Eiford <clears throat> lad bring it back. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. I'm pretty sure that that'd be part of the routine mm. with uh, Zoo. Mm. Don't flush, let me have a look at it first. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, the, the use of the, uh, the, the iPhone, of course, has uh, freed uh, up that. a lot, yeah. helped up a lot. I mean, you, when you go to your GPs these days, the first question he or she is likely to ask you is, you've got your phone on you, give us a look at what you did this morning. <laughs> Australian punting families with a same-day multi in mind, thinking of a flutter this weekend? Think 
Hickle. When you have placed your bets, ask to speak to the Wizard of Odds, Cyril the Slim Negus, about the same-day specials that are only available to listeners to Bludging on the Blind Side. And so we come to the card today at Randwick and our thoughts there. And can I just begin by <clears throat> wondering whether it was a good idea to uh, have a race, King Charles III Stakes. Now, I've got nothing against the King, uh, except that bobbing up on Everest Day seems to me, again, mixing the messages. Uh, we could have had a standalone day with King Charles III Stakes being a terrific one. I don't mind if this run at Kembla Grange or, you know, Newcastle or yes. other Ballina. Yep. It would be a terrific draw for those rural regional areas. Yes. And it would get an idea of that the King is for all Australians. We're here, it just feels as though he's for the Hoy, you know, the upper crust uh, in the Sydney Ramwick yeah, area. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's a $5 million race. Yep. It's uh, 1,600 metres. It's uh, for three-year-olds upwards, uh, wait for age. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we then come to the angle that is drawing people into this and that the winner, speaking of, you know, these trophies and so on, will get a replica of the crown that King Charles wears around the palace. Is that right? A replica of the crown. That now, is fantastic. So an appropriate trophy for well, the... This was uh, the crown that might have been worn by James II or someone? Is it, that it, right? It, it oh, wow. History. It has history to it. It has a lot and of history. And did uh, the recent Queen wear it as well? Uh, no, she, she wore. Had she had her own crown. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I know much of the history this. of that. You may not know this issue, but what are the protocols? Can local communities, let's say rural, rural Australia, uh, who are having their own race meets, can they have their own King Charles III stakes? Are they, or have they got to go formally, uh, okay, cap in hand to the palace uh, to get through permission. the Governor General? Yeah, through the Governor. Okay, General. look, I I see no reason why. If you were at Tumut and you wanted to have the King Charles III yes. stakes at your place, yep. I see no reason why you couldn't name it. Right. You could probably get the local Bunnings to sponsor it, right. bought to you by Bunnings, and right. I think that'd be a great thing. You know, King Charles III bought to you by Bunnings on the front page of whatever the paper the is in that area. Yeah. yeah, the leader. Right. So there'd be now, no, uh, there'd be no fallout, no blowback. Uh, well, I'd like to see the court case. Yes. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, so sure. Wally Stout, you're here charged with having a right to call <laughs> yes, King Charles yes. III. Or, or indeed the Queen Camilla. Well, I've got nothing against handicap. that. Handicap. And, 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 and the Queen what? Camilla handicap. Oh, that, that, now that's got a ring to it. Okay. Why don't we set out the challenge for blindsiders this week is to come up with an eighth grade card with yeah. royal themes everywhere. Why not the Corgis? Mm. The early one, early one called the Corgi. The Prince Andrew. The Prince. Yes, right, mm. right, true. And the uh, Prince Andrew handicap. Yeah, wow, well, yeah, <laughs> yes. You know, yes. It's got a twang to it, doesn't it? It certainly has. Mm. So here we go. Would he have a crown that he'd wear around the... He must I don't have know a... where he lives these days, but let's say he's in Sandringham somewhere. <laughs> Balmoral. For Balmoral. Uh, look, I'd, I'd say that... He'd he... be must. He'd have maybe a different sort of idea. He'd have a sort of like a badge of... Oh, a badge on the lapel. Yeah, or... A bit like a rugby league emissary emissary badge. Some sort of bit of jewellery. Yeah, right. Baubles. Yeah, well, the baubles. There's nothing wrong with baubles. Now, you can see, okay, we've named four races. We haven't even started. No. That's right. So the, the royal the King, bauble, the King Charles the Third, or the Third, as it yeah. will get nicknamed pretty quickly. Yep. What do you like in the Third? Yep. Uh, or oh, Third Race Three? No, 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 no. The no, King the Charles Third, man. Yeah, yeah, the Third. That's it. <laughs> as in Richard the Third. Now, 
A prime well, minister. Richard III's not a bad one either. Could you should just... Kings? Yeah. A race of In kings. Tumid, why couldn't you have the Richard III opening up? Then James II, <laughs> Charles Edward the first, third, Henry the Eighth, Henry the Eighth. Ooh, there's yeah. one. Oh, no. Eight runners. Yeah. <laughs> 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 now, mm. the trophy uh, for the five million dollar King Charles the Third, the Third, uh, which runs for the first time, first time this afternoon. Right. It's an exact replica of the crown, right? Uh, As worn recently. Well, as yes, war, yes, yes, as okay. worn on in the coronation. Now, Volander's yep. uh, Man of Feathers, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's actually more expensive than the crown, the way the jeweller has charged the racing community for it. Oh. So that's a good idea of how much it's worth. Wow. So that's great, great trophy. Yes. Uh, the trophy designed by Sydney jeweller Nick Cerrone. Oh, yeah. Uh, created the, you know, obviously the the uh, the bauble for the Everest. Mm. It's a magnificent trophy, said uh, Feathers. If the king ever loses his crown, we can give him this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very Well, funny. he can joke like that because he, he knows. You know, he, he knows, knows royalty. King. Yeah. And he's met the king. Yeah. And I don't think he's broken bread with the king yet, but he's no. certainly, as we keep saying, yeah. the last foreign dignitary to eat with the queen. That's right. Now, he's hoping, as alluded to in the opening comments some time ago, that mm. uh, it could coincide, next year's race could coincide with a potential visit mm-hmm. uh, to the Pacific of the King, and Racing New South Wales has begun lobbying for the King to come to Royal Ramwick on Everest Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Volandis said the idea came to him straight after the coronation. Did it really? You know, so he sees, he's quick off the mark, I know, isn't he, he sees the orb and scepter, yes. and then he immediately thinks racing. Racing. Mm. Uh, we wanted to honour the king becoming the king and Prince Charles becoming the king. Yes. Obviously, etc. Now, Volandi said he approached, and we may have mentioned this week, uh, this last week, they approached Johnny Warren, the racing manager. No relation to Ray Warren, I don't think, the rugby league. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice idea. Yes. Uh, about putting on a race in honour of the monarch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted to get the king's permission. I think if you're in Tumut, you don't have to worry about the king's permission. Right. It's a sort of like... By royal appointment. Yeah. So the race today, by royal appointment, the one in Tumut. So this does have royal approval, today's race. Uh, well, today's King Charles III stakes comes with royal approval. People have got to know whether it's approved officially or not. Does the king know it's on? Does the king know it's on? Yes. Yeah, I've got well, to does make... the palace know it's on? Yeah, the palace knows it's on. The palace knows it's yeah, on. Yeah, the king's pretty busy. Yeah. Now, so we picked the biggest stage that we have the five with, for the $5 million race. Yes. Absolute cracker field. Except, can I just say, mm. the Everest puts it well in the shade because the Everest is worth $20 million. Yes. See, this cheap coat five million. Thing. It's $5 and million I, for the King's race. I mean, what's he, what's he expecting, you know, the public to come along and look at a, you know, a race worth yeah. a quarter about yeah. the head of state? Yeah. I mean, it's just all cockeyed. It is a little bit, isn't it? Is the Governor-General involved or the, the Governor-General's... Uh, partner. She's, partner? Do, she's doing the national anthem. She's singing, is yeah, she? Good. <laughs> I love it when she sings. Now, among the 50,000... She might have written a special song. It would be. Go King. Go King, yes. There's plenty of words to rhyme with King. <laughs> she wouldn't have much trouble there. No. Thing, wing. There's just two. <laughs> <laughs> Among the 50,000 spectators, are, well, there's a, a model's going to be uh, lugging it around. But it, what's weird about it is it looks cheap because it's not yes. the real one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I it's do. got that patina of this is rubbish. Yeah. I don't know. Did you see the Everest trophy? Well, the palace wouldn't like, to be, wouldn't like that, those words heard. <clears throat> no, it looks to be like a stovetop coffee maker. 
Oh, dear. Now, that would be handy if it was a stovetop coffee yeah. maker. Yeah, You could think, well, I've got a, at least I've got something out yeah. of it. You know, the stable or whoever sure. needs it. You sure, You'd be able to brew up a... Yeah. So, so the trophy for the... The King Charles III looks cheap, does it? Are you suggesting it looks well, cheap? Well, look, I've just passed it over there. That's a, a, an image. And then we come to the problem of... Oh, good grief. It does look cheap, doesn't it? <laughs> oh. Common question. Are rugby league players good in a crisis? Fifteen academic studies conducted over 50 years have all concluded that rugby league players are 17% more effective in a crisis than any other group of people. Stats produced weekly on Bludging on the Blind Side. And, of course, the favourite in the King Charles in the third is Mr Brightside uh, mm-hmm. with Craig Williams up and uh, he's, he's, he's cracker field. I'm not sure how it's going to go with uh, once they jump uh, whether Mr Brightside will stay favourite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a feeling about Kovalika, the New Zealand horse, uh, Tommy right. Berry, yeah. 1,600 metres, yeah. uh, obviously one at that distance. Yeah. And a lot of people are suggesting Fangirl with uh, J-Mac on board. As right. Has Gay got a runner in this Gay one? Gay probably you? does. Uh, let me have a quick Gay look. said she really, you know, was ho- hoping for a win in the Everest. She is. She's uh, two in the Everest. Uh, Hawaii Five O. She's got two in, has she? Yeah, she's got two in. Hawaii Five O, which is owned by uh, Singo. Singo, and Singo's right. offered to shout the bar if uh, good if he if uh, Hawaii Five O salutes right. and alcohol free. So it's got a an alcoholic theme, right? So Williams is on the alcohol free. McDonald's on the yeah. Hawaii Five O, yeah. and we're suggesting that uh, well, Williams they could do the double yellow brick. Is William saying I made a mistake there? Mister Brightside is Williams's ride in the uh, in the Charles, right? Okay. So it's good. I mean, it's it's a it's a sort of like a day where anything can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And isn't that a great thing? The uh, trophy. Oh, the trophy does look cheap. It reminds me. I've forgotten the name of the firm who put out those special coins and what have you. Oh, uh, Franklin Mint. Franklin Mint, yes. I yes. hadn't thought of that, but you're absolutely right. It's got that look to it, doesn't it? It certainly does. It's yeah. Franklin Mint. And if you, uh, down the bottom here, I assume the name of the winner will be put on for you. I suppose so. With a bit of, uh, it looks like metal at the bottom there. Yes. I'm not sure that it's valuable metal, so they'll just carve into that. Would you be legally allowed to wear that crown, you know, down to Woolworths or Coles if you were shopping? Of course, hey, she, of course allowed? you would. Of course you would. It's okay. Just, who would notice that? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Who would notice? I think probably quite a few people would notice. Who's that bloke there with the crown? He looks like... He looks like a bit of a king to me. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> now, look, I think that's a item of headwear, and, yes. of course, we're worried with solar, uh, you know, global climate change. Yes. Uh, headwear will come back. Yes, it will. And I can see but that... But you're not going to get much protection from wearing that. No, but you might be able to put a... Oh, a, a veranda around it. Meh. Yeah, good. <laughs> Songs of War from the Stars of Rugby League is out now on Monster Music. Great tunes that buoyed the hearts of a nation through two world wars, sung by the Rugby League stars of today. Top tracks heard every week on Bludging on the Blind Side. 
Roy, I just uh, got a glimpse of uh, Home now in rather windy and wet Melbourne. Mm. Uh, have you seen his new show, That's Racing with Home? Look, I haven't, but by golly, it sounds great. It does, doesn't it? Yep. The, the games they've invented are just incredible. Isn't and that the, fantastic? The amount of money they bet on yeah. what's going to happen next is yep. just yep. great. Now, is this the show that uh, you raised... Several weeks ago, you said he was getting his own show. This yeah. is Haim. Yeah. And is this it, or is there another show where Haim opens people up? Because that's the one I want to see. I don't know what's happened to that, but I could yeah. easily be persuaded he's, 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 he's works non-stop yeah. because he's working with uh, the racing, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing the hosting here yes. uh, on Seven's coverage yes. of Everest Day, and then he's got that racing, which would take him a long time to repair. I suppose, yes. And uh, I don't think he's got much time for an interview show, although mm. I, I must confess that rapidly disappeared into footy finals, yeah. which are done now, and now we're up to racing. Right. So he's got a big workload. He Can does. Finish? He does. Finish up the... Uh, but this show you're talking about, it's a very funny show. It's a oh, comedy, it's funny. isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's just okay. one laugh, after, one gag after a minute, mm. one gag after another, should I put it that way. Right. Now, look, coming to uh, Everest, mm. $20 million, et cetera, Joe Pry's got two horses running, Private Eye and um, Private Eye, I forget what... Ah, oh, hang on, think about it. Okay, a Joe Pry's Warwick Farm training base, Private Eye is known as Spade, and in the, uh, he shares, uh, his ne- in box next to him is Spud, who is Think About It. Mm-hmm. The two gildings have virtually nothing in common except they were purchased as yearlings for a modest sum and they can they run very fast. But they're polar opposites in many ways, including attitudes. Private Eye is arguably the slowest track worker at Warwick Farm. There are some mornings he doesn't even want to run past a maiden, meaning, mm-hmm. a, you know, very slow, you know, beginner horse. Yep. Well, let's just say that Private Eye is a very, very lazy and laid back, Joe Pride said. He takes everything in his stride, nothing bothers him. Spade eats and sleeps. It's just like he ain't got a care in the world. Mm. In contrast, Pride said, think about it, he's full of nervous energy at track work. I have to uh, I have to gallop, think about it on his own or he'll just work, work too hard. He eats his head off twice as much as any horse in the stable because he's so much energy he can burn it up really quickly. Fast metabolism, he burns, gets through it all. But his best quality is in his cardio, his heart and lungs. It's an engine, not a chassis, that wins most races. Mm. Both Spade and Spud are sprinting machines. Private Eye ran second in the Everest last year, but Pride is convinced the gilding is going as well, if not better this spring. All trainers would say that, I might caution. Think about it has emerged as a win... Uh, to win eight races in succession, including the Premier Stakes last start. Mm. Now, mm. it's a great story, really. It is a good a, story. It humanises horses. It does. And, you know, you, you can see a lot of the Rooting King in, uh, you know, in the descriptions there. Of, I uh, can, and Bludging Slug. Bludging Slug, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're great horses and yes. completely different personalities. Well, the Slug d- didn't like training at all. No. He uh, no. resented it. Really resented it, and sometimes we had to. I had to get the tractor, you know, put a chain around his neck and drag him out. Often, often, but you could do that in those days, and nobody questioned it. But he he demonstrated his affection for that training method by winning. I think he got eleven in a row. He did. He did. He did. Um, He did. He did. But using methods that would be. Yeah, banned today. Ba- probably, you know. Well, uh, if people knew about them. You see, if they knew about yeah, them. You're not, they, like, that's you're right. not saying you're a great trainer. You're no. not. You're well, not. All you I know. knew was what worked. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. sometimes, sure, I'd tie a thripney bunger to his tail and let it off. Yeah. You know, now, you couldn't do that now. But I'll tell you what, it worked. <laughs> and it wanted people a lot of money. It did. <laughs> now you're talking. See? And that's yeah. what, always in my mind, it was about... You punters. Know, about punters. Yeah. 
Win him. Yeah, I know. That's exactly. all I wanted to do. Yeah. Win want, for the punters. You wanted to see the grins on their faces. I did. Grins on their little faces. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All of that. That's what I wanted. <laughs> good times never felt so yes. good. Bang. That's it. Now, the king, of course. The was, king was far more consistent. He, yeah. he liked his train. Oh, I mean, there were a few days when he was a bit more difficult to deal with, but that's all right. We, we, we sorted that out once I put him on the float. He, he knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. Yeah. He knew I was going to pull on the brakes and he was going to fall out at speed. Um, he knew. And then straight and expected the, it. Yeah. And knew he deserved it. Mm. And Didn't hold it against me. The king and the king. Yep. Can you give the public of Australia any mm. inclination of what you're thinking at the moment? With the king. You know, as in would he be making himself available to... Oh, look, if... King Charles reaches out ah, fair to uh, formally through the palace, the, I suppose to go to the palace, yeah. to the Governor-General of Australia. So the Governor-General, he'd call me probably or his people would call me yeah. and say, Roy, what's the king up to next Saturday because the king's coming and the king would like to ride your king. And I would be the first to say, yes, the king will be there. I'll guarantee he will be there. And I tell you... Uh, the king may say, no, I don't want to go and, you know, all that sort of stuff. As sure. he does. I would bring out the chain, bring out the tractor, make sure he's there. <laughs> That's great news for all Australians interested in the racing in 2024. That's it for Bludging on the Blind Side. Join us next week when we solve the nation's problems once again right here and bludge. Bye now. listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.